Well, I don't know about you, but I feel like my regularly scheduled programming has been interrupted. Don't you feel that way? That your life was kind of going one way and you had your habits and your practices, your routines and your hobbies. And then this COVID thing hit and the world just kind of came to a screeching halt. It was a lot like that little video thing that you just saw or what, you know, we grew up on a little bit when our TV would kind of, you know, sorry, I made that noise. That's a little weird, but still, uh, and the color bars would go up and you're going, man, oh man, I was, I was enjoying that. I was with that. I was tracking with that. Where did it go? Man, I feel that way about my life right now. I was enjoying that. There was a routine and habit. And, you know, not every day was perfect, but my regularly scheduled programming has been interrupted. One of the phrases that I've heard people use so often in the last few weeks is this phrase, when things get back to normal. Have you heard that? When things get back to normal, when life gets back to normal, when we're able to gather again, when we're able to go to a Jays game again, when we're able to go to restaurants again, when things get back to normal. And yeah, I look forward to that. I'm excited about that. I'll be glad for that. But what we wanted to do in this series is help you maximize your meantime. Maximize this disruption, this interruption of regularly scheduled programming, because I hate to tell you this, but COVID has given us a little bit of a gift. I know it's a crisis. I know it's a pandemic. I, I know that, that things are bad right now, struggling people out of work and getting sick and all those things. I know, but here's the gift it's given us. It's given us an opportunity to hit reset. It's given us an opportunity to kind of unplug that cable box and reset to restart the computer, so to speak, so that we can reset our rhythms, reset our habits and practices. So this is what this series about is about. It's helping you maximize your meantime. I want to tell you a little bit of the story of how this series came together because I think it's providential and I think it will help you understand kind of where we're headed today. So I'm gonna give you kind of the general outline of the series and then we're gonna talk a little, uh, a little more specifically about one aspect of it and then we'll be done. Several months ago, I called my friend Sundar Krishnan and asked him to come preach to us for three weeks at the end of May about prayer. Sunder is a brilliant guy. He's a retired pastor. He's a great preacher. I'm so excited that Sunder is still going to do that at the end of May. And Sunder's kind of content on prayer is, is three big truths that you must believe or you will not pray. Three big truths that you must believe or you will not pray. And three lies that tend to counteract those truths. Now, that was planned months ago before this crisis hit, but can you believe it? How providential is it? For such a time as this, Sunder's going to come speak to us on prayer. So, as Dave Lewis and I, uh, our pastor Dave, began to talk a little bit about what we should do following Easter, we came up with this idea just to help you maximize your meantime. And then we took a look at Sunder's content and we said, Oh man, it's, it's like a light bulb went on above my head, you know? 
Sunder's content is just dovetailing perfectly with what we call our four D's. They're the four D's of discipleship, four practices that we engage in to help us grow as believers. Now, the practices themselves are not the end game. We're not just trying to engage in practices. But picture it this way. The practices are a little bit like a trellis. Now, can a branch grow without a trellis? Sure. Can it bear fruit without a trellis? Yeah, I think so. But is it better when we have a trellis to grow on? Yes, a branch grows better with a trellis. So these four D's of discipleship are a little like a trellis that helps us, as a branch connected to the vine, grow and bear fruit. And here are the four D's. They're pulled straight from Acts 2, uh, verses 42 through 47. The first D is a disciple is always discovering a life connected to God and others. That's the one we're going to talk about today. Number two, a disciple dedicates him or herself to God's Word and prayer. So next week, we're going to spend our time talking about God's Word, and then Sunder at the end of May is really going to do a deep dive into that prayer piece. We're so excited for that. Third, a disciple is always declaring the good news about Jesus. That's sharing a verbal witness about Christ. And a disciple demonstrates the good news in all of life. So those four Ds of discipleship, discovering a life connected to God and others, dedicating ourselves to God's Word and prayer, declaring the good news about Jesus, and demonstrating the good news in all of life. That's the trellis. That's the practices a disciple engages in. And so what we're going to do, again, is talk about those as we kind of hit the reset button in life a little bit so that you can maximize your meantime and reset some habits and practices and really grow as a disciple during this time. So let's start with that very first one, discovering a life connected to God and others. Discovering a life connected to God and others. Now, maybe you're a little bit like me, and when this crisis hit and you went into quarantine and you're staying at home, the first thing you did was turn on Netflix. I gotta confess, that's what I did. Or you might have thought about some of the projects that you can do around the house that you've kind of waited on for a little while. You know, that painting that needs to be done, that little repair that needs to be done. Maybe you stocked up on groceries. You know, for many of us, that's kind of what we did. What we did not do was think, what has God given me or what is God doing in the midst of my meantime? And so I would encourage you today to let's think about that first D, discovering a life connected to God and others. And let's think about what we can do during this time of quarantine. Some of us have a little more time on our hands. That means solitude, silence, prayer, listening to God. These are opportunities that we have right now. Right now, yes, COVID is a crisis. Yes, it's disrupted our life. Yes, it's been extraordinarily difficult for so many of us. But in some ways, it's given us a gift. And that gift is slowing us down so that we can begin to engage in practices to connect to God. Second, COVID has given us a gift in this way. 
that when we were, when our kind of gathering together, our corporate gathering of believers was disrupted and we were no longer able to do that, I don't know about you, but I began to feel a deep ache within me. I miss that so, so much. You know, we still have our phones, we still have social media, we still have TV and Netflix and books and all that stuff, but none of that replaces the gathering of believers when we are together as a community. This is why the author of Hebrews says, do not neglect meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but do so all the more and encourage one another even as you see the day approaching. Don't neglect meeting together. We are designed for biblical community. And this crisis and quarantine and all that stuff has given us a gift in that we are reminded how deeply we long for that, how we need that so desperately in our lives in order to grow and become more like Jesus. So I would encourage you in two ways today. One, let's maximize this time in connecting with God. Let's discover a life connected to God. What is it that you need right now? Is it silence and time to just be still before the Lord? Do you need to bring Him your requests? Do you need to be in solitude? One of the kind of spiritual practices of the early church fathers to kind of connect with God again. Maybe your life was so busy. Maybe you had things going on and work and play and hobbies and all that stuff and you forgot about God for a little while and you felt disconnected from Him. Do not waste your meantime. Maximize your meantime and begin to connect with Him again. Second, maximize your meantime by engaging in authentic Christian community. Discover a life connected with others. Connected with others. See, here's the lie that we believe when, when we're disconnected from the body of Christ and disconnected from those around us. Here's the lie. The world is okay without me. That's a lie from the pit of hell, friends. We're not okay without you. We need you. We need you to bring your gifts to bear. We need you to serve us. We need you to pray for us. We need you to connect with us. We're better with you. We're not neutral. We're not worse. We need you. You make us better. So connect, use uh, that life group tab right on your right-hand side there. We still have room in our life groups. Uh, connect in our Facebook neighborhood so that you can serve somebody or even be served if you need something right now. Connect in our prayer room. You can do that right now. Connect on a Zoom call. Just connect and turn and face people. Send a text, send an email, make a call. Do not neglect meeting together. That's the first part of our trellis as we discover a life connected to God and others. A lot of times when I preach in my conclusion, there's kind of a go and do. You know, this week, tomorrow morning, next month, whatever, go and do. But today, I want to do it right now. Let's not wait. Let's begin resetting our hearts. Let's maximize our meantime by engaging in prayer together right now. I know it's a little odd to have a pastor lead you in prayer over, uh, you know, a live stream or whatever, but, but let's just set that distraction aside. Let's bow our hearts before God 
Let's engage with him and begin this discovery of a life connected to God. Would you pray with me? Well, God, we come to you with humble hearts today. In the midst of fear, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of loneliness, confusion, despair. God, so many of us are hurting, broken and disconnected from you, disconnected from others. Our routines have been disrupted. And it just reminds us how we long to know you and be known by you. So God, we come to you now. We wanna offer some requests to you. We wanna tell you how great you are. And in all of these things, it is our acknowledgement and a deep cry of our heart. We're just saying we need you. Oh Lord, we need you. Hear our prayers. God, we pray for the first responders. We've already done that a little bit uh, today, but we continue to lift them up to you, protect them, give them courage and hope, give them joy in their work, even remind them that they are on our minds as a community of faith. God, we pray for teachers. I even pray specifically for Kaya's teachers as we did last night as an elder team. God, those teachers have had to kind of pivot their entire world as well and they're teaching our kids and helping them grow and learn in an online environment. God, give them patience and grace. Give them creativity and innovation. God, keep their spirits lifted. God, we pray for those who are caring for folks in, um, in seniors care facilities. I'm even aware of a couple of our Bayview Glen family members that are caring for people in a senior's home where there has been a COVID outbreak. Protect them, O oh God. Be near to them, O oh God. Encourage their hearts, O oh God. God, we pray for our leaders, provincial and federal, that you would give them incredible, incredible amounts of wisdom and courage. They need it, God, as they lead us. God, even those that we might disagree with politically, this is not a time to be reminded of our disagreements, but to rally together and say, we lift those individuals up to you and ask that you would be near. God, we pray that you would use this crisis to call people to yourself. God, I'm even thinking of last week, we had four people indicate that they said yes to you just from watching our Easter live stream. What, what a joy, what a miracle. What a miracle that is, that you are calling people to yourself even in the midst of this crisis, indeed even using the crisis to call people to yourself. God, continue to do so. God, you are great. You are mighty. You are beyond our comprehension. You are in control when things seem so out of control. You are good. 
we can trust you. You are powerful and sovereign. There is no one like you. Who has known your mind, O God? Who has given you counsel? Who has given to you that you should repay for from you and to you and through you are all things forever and ever. Amen. Jesus, you are the Son of God. You are the first fruits of all creation. You spoke the world into existence. Spirit of God, you are the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. You are our comforter, our helper, our keeper and friend. We praise you, O triune God, for who you are and for what you've done. We bow our knee before you and say, you are God and we are not. O God, mold us and make us and shift us and change us. Remind us, God, of our humble state that we are broken, that that we're like a flower that's here one day and gone the next, but you remain, O God, throughout the ages and throughout generations. But with the psalmist we say, who are we that you are mindful of us? God, even in our humble state, you think of us, your thoughts of us number as many as the sands on the seashore and the stars in the sky. And so in your power and in your otherness and in your holiness, you stoop down even in the form of Jesus, a high priest able to sympathize with all of our weaknesses, to be near. God, call us to our knees in prayer. Call us to turn and face one another and discover a life connected to you and connected to others.